Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Race for the Case podcast. All of your college football needs are met here. Every week, myself and Pete Thamel, picking games, talking trash, and for me this week, falling on my sword, which I brandished shamelessly last week, bragging about my picks. And I do remember the old adage of don't brag at halftime, which is basically what I was doing because I went 0 for 6 last week, Pete Thamel. Unfortunately, you only went 2 for 6, so you didn't make up as much ground as you might have. But I have to say, I served myself a big cup of shut up this week. <laughs> Do you put hot sauce on that? Um, <laughs> yeah, Pat, I, uh, I look, I, I have been pathetic. Uh, Charles Robinson, our colleague, called me out on Twitter and said, have some pride when, when the scoreboard <laughs> was posted uh, late last week. So, you know, I, I said this. It was like Kevin Millar in the Red Sox-Yankees series in 04. Don't let me win one week. Because that that will get me some momentum, and I, I'm fired up. I, I feel like I have some great picks here, and I, and and the and the comeback begins now. You did say that you you did, and so now we'll see if you can uh, turn one step into two. Uh, interesting week. Obviously, last week was mayhem in college football, which was a lot of fun, a lot of upsets and near upsets, uh, a near coach fight between Derek Mason and Dan Mullen. Just a lot going on. I think we got a much clearer picture of the college football playoff. There's four undefeated teams that are in great position right now if they can keep winning. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, and then there's a pretty clear pack of pursuers as well. Uh, so things are kind of shaping up. We're getting some form and some definition of the playoff race. Uh, this week should give us some more, although I don't think necessarily too many of the undefeated teams are really on the chopping block. It's more the teams that are pursuing them. We start the week with one of the pursuers that we talked about. Uh, one loss, Michigan, going to Michigan State. Huge rivalry game here uh, in the mitten. Uh, Michigan obviously has bounced back tremendously after the loss to Notre Dame to start the year. It's not a bad loss. They thumped the heck out of Wisconsin this last week. Looking very good. Uh, they are angling towards an end of regular season showdown with Ohio State but this is a major roadblock on the way and it's at East Lansing Michigan State has been all over the board coming off a great win of their own at Penn State knocked Penn State out of the championship race of both the national championship and probably the Big Ten 
Uh, but the week before that, they were very disappointing in their loss to Northwestern. So you're not sure what to expect from them, except when they're playing Michigan. Then they almost always show up. Mark D'Antonio is 8-3 and three in this rivalry. He loves beating the Wolverines. Harbaugh's had a problem beating the Spartans. He's only 1-2 and two, uh, with a couple of very excruciating losses in this series. Michigan fans need him to beat Michigan State. So big, big game for both teams, but especially for the Wolverines. Pete, Michigan State getting 7.5 at home. What do you think? Fascinating theater for the uh, shade and fraud crowd in this game. Harbaugh, obviously, Pat, 3-8 and eight against top 15 teams, now in his fourth season at Michigan. He's 1-6 against Ohio State, Michigan State, and Notre Dame. Obviously, winless against Ohio State. The one win against Michigan State coming in uh, 2016, 32-23. You can't overstate what a big game this is for, uh, for for Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, that 15 Michigan team, which lost on that f- crazy blocked punt play, um, was one of the most talented teams in the last decade in college football. And uh, that game is just kind of haunts that program. Um, you know, since since Harbaugh's got there, there just really hasn't been you know a more defining moment for him than that. Coming close, but just failing in the end. And so. I'm really curious to see how this game plays out. Uh, Michigan's offense, as you've written in the dash pad, appears to have found an identity like like Harbaugh's old Stanford teams. They're going to run and ground and pound. Uh, Ed Warner's gotten props in some circles for getting that offensive line from dysfunctional to functional. Shea Patterson has a really high completion percentage. I think it's somewhere around 68. Appears to kind of have found a little bit of a groove. They're, they're not using him that much, and – it's a really fascinating contrast here because Michigan State obviously has the number one rush defense in the country. They really crowd those safeties in the box and dare you to beat them. Their corners are just okay. And so Michigan's pass offense has actually gone up this year. It's number 93 in the country, but it was 110 last year. So something's going to give here, right? Like, like Michigan's not going to be able to run down Michigan State's throat, you would think. Can they exploit enough in the pass game in order to win this game? And so I'm going to take Michigan State here. They've played well recently. They seem to have found themselves. They tend to get better as years go on. And these are the games, especially with that seven, I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored in this game, Pat. I just I just can't see kind of these the, the way these offenses are designed, and the defenses are obviously excellent on both sides. Rashawn Gary, as of Tuesday night, we, we do not know about his status for the game yet. Obviously, the All-American defensive lineman for Michigan. So I feel like Michigan State finds a way to cover. I don't think they win the game. Okay. Um, yeah, fair analysis. Can't really disagree with you, but I, I'm going to take Michigan to cover it. I, it's a little big. I'd certainly prefer seven or six and a half, but seven and a half, I'll take it. I just think Michigan has has kind of found it, found its identity, found what they want to be, how they want to play. And yeah, it's going to be tough against Michigan State, but it's not impossible. I mean, I don't look at Michigan State and say, uh, that's a team that's just going to absolutely not let you do what you want to do. I, I think that uh, Michigan State, you know, as you mentioned, their run defense has been very good, but who have they played? Uh Penn State's obviously a legitimate running team. Northwestern's a horrible running team. Uh, Arizona State doesn't want to run the ball. Indiana, iffy. Central Michigan, no good. So I, they haven't played a running attack like like Michigan's, I don't believe yet. So I'm going to say they're able to do enough on the ground. 
probably I think you're right, low scoring, but I'm I'm going to take Michigan to cover the uh, cover the seven and a half. Okay, moving on to the ACC and the last matchup of undefeated teams in the in the season, uh, in the regular season for sure. Until we get to the playoff, maybe, but this is it. North Carolina State, the mystery unbeaten, five and zero. Really haven't played anybody. Their biggest game to date was canceled by a hurricane. Uh, it was going to be a home game against West Virginia. That got canceled, not rescheduled. So they've kind of snuck under the radar. They've only played one game away from home, and it was at Marshall, which isn't exactly going into Death Valley, which is where they're going. They're playing Clemson, uh, undefeated Tigers, used to winning all big games. They have had some squirrely games against NC State. A couple of years ago, they should have been beaten by them, and NC State missed a short field goal, or else that would have that might have derailed the whole Clemson thing that we have seen really for the last three years, three and a half. But uh, – Clemson is at home, favored by a big number, 16 and a half. NC State coming in with a very good quarterback in Ryan Finley. Uh, inexperienced defense that has played pretty well so far. Give Dave Doran and his staff credit. They have, they have plugged a lot of holes on that side, and it hasn't bitten them. So uh, the ACC showdown, Peter, in Death Valley, your thoughts? My thought is is simple here. I, I think NC State is just the ultimate paper tiger. Uh, I agree with you that they haven't beaten anyone, and I agree with you that Dave Doran and his defensive staff deserve a ton of credit. Uh, they're number 16 in the country in scoring defense. They're in the top 15 in run defense. They have put together great numbers and had to patch a lot of holes with Bradley Chubb and B.J. Hill and all those guys going off to the pros. So... All that said, I think Clemson annihilates NC State. I, I feel like they found a groove against Wake last week. Trevor Lawrence has settled in. Travis Etienne has been one of the t- best tailbacks in the country, probably like an All-American season that's really kind of gone under the radar a little bit just because of the Kelly Bryant drama. The focus hasn't been as much on the field at Clemson. And so I feel like Clemson wins this game by 31 points. I, I think – you know, NC State gets punched in the mouth for the first time this season, and especially because of that inexperience on defense doesn't react well. I like Finley. He's had a good year. I They have decent skill, but I don't think they can stay in this football game. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, I agree with you completely. Um, I, I, that's the way I look at it. And I made the mistake last week of taking the paper tiger to win on the road, and that was Colorado at USC, and they they looked exactly like what they were, a team that had played a bunch of soft competition and was overwhelmed against a physically superior opponent, and that certainly is Clemson. Um, and I agree. They're kind of under underappreciated to beat a team in your conference by 60. Yes. That doesn't happen very yes. often, and Clemson did that to Wake Forest, and I think that is a sign of that look out. It's coming together, and it's coming together quickly. So I think this is Clemson and Clemson big. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this is 42 to 14 or something to that extent. Okay, in the SEC, back to uh, Baton Rouge, a place we have talked about plenty and we're going to keep talking about probably for the next couple of weeks. The LSU Tigers, you were there, got to experience that great atmosphere when they just thumped the heck out of Georgia. And now they've got another big home game against Mississippi State, uh, which has had, had a couple of bad games but rebounded well uh, since then. Bulldogs, very good defensive team. Nick Fitzgerald's back playing better. Uh, they are going into Death Valley, a place where they won a couple of years ago. I believe they've won two straight against LSU. I will look that up. But uh, the Bulldogs are getting seven in Death Valley. Does LSU have a letdown 
on this kind of sandwich game between Georgia last week and in two weeks after an open date against Alabama. What do you think, Pete? Well, I think I've been wrong about LSU all year, so I'm just going to keep the <laughs> I'm going to keep the train going. Uh, Mississippi State, nation's number one scoring defense, uh, 12.7 points per game, and and here's the difference between Mississippi State and Georgia defensively. Georgia does not have any dogs on its front. I was completely unimpressed with the way they got manhandled at the point of attack by by LSU last week. Mississippi State, they have Jeffrey Simmons, who is likely a top 15 NFL draft pick. They have Montez Sweat, who at last check is the nation's leader, one of the nation's leaders in TFLs. They have big, veteran, productive guys who are going to make it difficult for Ed Orgeron and Steve Emsinger to run the football. And they will put a little more pressure on Joe Burrow than Georgia was able to do. So I think, you know, last season, Mississippi State won the game in Starkville 37-7, to I believe. So, yep. Beat them down. Are you going to tell me that LSU's thirty-seven points better this year because they're playing at home? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. So I am going to uh, go against common sense, and you can check my record uh, on Twitter when we tweet out the link, and you can see how bad I am this year. So don't listen to me. But I'm going to go with the Bulldogs, and I think Nick Fitzgerald's legs end up making a difference. He's the SEC's all-time leading rusher, and it's a kind of game where you're going to need to manufacture yards through the QB run game. Yeah, you know what? Again, I'm with you. Um, oh, boy. Everyone's going to lose. Yeah. Start costanzing us. Just listen. Do the opposite. <laughs> We're doomed. We're doomed. We're agreeing again. Mississippi State to at least cover, maybe not win. but And to correct myself, they've Mississippi State has won two of the last four. They had a big upset win in Death Valley a couple of years ago, and then they thumped them last year in Stark Patch. Um, but – no, I look, Mississippi State leads the SEC in rushing offense and is second in rushing defense, and this is going to be a trenches game, I think, where you know if you can stay on the field, if you don't get run over like Georgia got ran over, I think you're going to be in good shape. And if you can run the ball, I think you're going to be in good shape. So close, low scoring. Trap game, uh, Alabama State. coming yeah, in two weeks. Right. Like it's all yep. the signs. Sandwich game, yep, yep, no doubt. So I am with you there. Sorry to say, Mississippi State, we've just hexed you to no end. <laughs> you might as well not take the uh, trip. Both, Don't get on the charter. Yep. Both taking Mississippi State to cover the seven. Okay. The Palouse, which unbelievably, college game day is going for the first time. And have you been to the Palouse, Pete? I have to ask. I have never been to Pal- the Palouse. This is the only Power 5 campus that I've never visited is Washington State. I was in Spokane once uh, covering an NCAA tournament situation. I think it was Adam Morrison to date myself and uh, did not make the ride over to the Palouse. I have filed a story from every campus in the country except that one at Power 5. You have no idea how lucky you are. <laughs> it's the worst college town in America. The worst college town in America. It's Don't awful. you have to go to Idaho to eat or something? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The, the, the good restaurants are eight miles away in Idaho, in Moscow, Idaho. The good restaurants. Uh, because the minimum wage is lower on the other side of the border, and so that's where they built the restaurants. This is as it was explained to me the last time I was there when I'm looking around at my hotel, like, seriously, where do people eat? And that was the explanation I got. It is sad. It is a long way from anywhere. Uh, there's some scenic beauty there, but you have to drive through an absolute moonscape from Spokane to Pullman. 
<laughs> it's hideous. Uh, I don't ever want to go back. Nothing against all you people that have Washington State ties, but no. Uh, anyway. Pat, the Chamber of Commerce in Pullman's texting me. They want to know if you can uh, if you can come do some PSAs for them. Is that? <laughs> yeah. No, I cannot. Uh, it's uh, anyway. They are hosting the Ducks. They are hosting game day and hosting the Ducks of Oregon. Um, Ducks coming off a great win against uh, Washington. They are just, you know, one regrettable collapse against Stanford away from undefeated. Washington State's only lost one game. Good game. Uh, important game in the Pac-12 North. Maybe the last thing standing between Oregon and winning the Pac-12 North. It should be. They've already, uh, well, they've, they've still got Stanford out there. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, they've beaten Washington. So now can they beat Washington State? Washington State, two-and-a-half-point favorite, though, Pete. What's your thought? Well, my thought is Washington State is one regrettable non-targeting call, which could have been like a felony in some states on Port Augustine of USC. If they make that very obvious call, it's uh, pretty much first and goal from the 10. Uh, Washington State ended up missing a field goal, lost by three points with about two minutes to go in in that USC game on that Friday night. This is, of course, the game that ended up getting the Pac-12 officials and all that uh, uh, hot mess and caused the the big furor that you witnessed at uh, at Media Day uh, last week out there in the Bay Area, Pat. Um, so this is a this is a fairly salty Washington State team. Um, all, all that said, it, you know, and Oregon just had a key offensive line injury today. Um, they they released uh, their big freshman offensive lineman Sewell is uh, is not yeah. going to be is not going to be playing. I know they're not particularly deep in that area. Um, all that said, I I don't know if I can pull the trigger on the Cougars here, just on like the pure talent. I give I give Mike Leach all the credit in the world. Gardner Minshaw has just been a revelation. He was like a mediocre backup at East Carolina, and he's going to end. Up, he leads the nation in passing. Like Mike Leach is. If you are a quarterback and you don't go to Washington State, you must not like throwing the ball and having success because what he's done with quarterback after quarterback. I mean, Luke Falk got cut in the NFL. He got drafted and cut. Um, in, I think the Dolphins picked him up, but uh, I believe Oregon has enough skill, and I'm very much, as Yahoo readers saw this week on the Justin Herbert bandwagon, much like the rest of the NFL is, so I think the Ducks go in and find a way in Pullman, but I do think that will be a wildly entertaining game. Yeah, oh, that's going to be fun to watch, and I, I you know, I think that uh, I, I I, while I am not a huge fan of Pullman, it'll be cool to see that first-time game day atmosphere. You can there. tell Pat so. about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the other way, though. Two and a half is a small number, so I think Washington State can win by a field goal. Uh, I do think, you know, your first-time game day, they're going to be as jacked as they can possibly be, and I expect an Oregon letdown. I just think a little bit of program immaturity. I think they're probably more talented, but uh, you know, you you win that big big game against Washington. Now you got to go on the road, and I I just think that maybe catches up with them the the natural highs and lows of uh, college kids. So I'm going to take Washington State, not with great conviction, but I just think at home game day and a, an Oregon letdown combined to to make it a Cougar victory by three points. Last game before we go to our locks of the week. American Athletic Conference game, an interesting one here. Cincinnati, one of the revelations out there, undefeated, 6-0 in Luke Fickle's second season. Doing a great job there. He's turned that defense around from where it was last year and certainly where it was under Tommy Tuberville. 
Uh, they're in the top six in the nation in multiple categories. Uh, they are playing at Temple, though, and Temple has played well recently. Uh, Temple's got some good wins. They, uh, I believe Temple beat Maryland. Am I correct there, Pete? Uh, Temple did beat Maryland. They lost to Boston yep. College. Temple is 3-0 and in the AAC right now, Pat. Right, right. And, right. Uh, yes. you know, on a little bit of a roll, they lost to Villanova early. Um, right. which would be a which would be a very bad loss, and then they lost to Buffalo, which people thought was a bad loss, but Buffalo is actually pretty good. I almost put Buffalo and Toledo right. in because it was a close spread, but you've already accused me of too many pro rocket biases on this podcast, so and I'm accurate, so <laughs> let's leave them out. Yeah. Yes, more so uh, more so than in your picks. I, I put this in because it's an interesting line with with Temple, who's like lost to Villanova against number 20 ranked Cincinnati and Temple's minus three and a half. Uh, yep. I am going to take Temple. I think the Owls are hot, and I think Cincinnati, God bless them under Luke Fickle, has just sort of cobbled together and tried to figure out a way. Um, I think Temple's hot, and they end up being, winning this game by a touchdown. Uh, they've, they've finally found some identity on offense after really struggling there earlier in the season. Right. Now, your logic, uh, I can't fault really in, in much of any way, but I'm going to stick with Cincinnati. I like what they're doing. Um, and just for the sake of being different, and also to tout uh, freshman quarterback Desmond Ritter of the Bearcats, who went to Louisville St. Xavier High School, where my two sons graduated. So, for that very scientific reason, yes. I am taking the Bearcats to <laughs> beat the Owls or lose by three or less. We really gave so. the listeners what they paid for analyzing that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Free podcast, you get free analysis, all right? Yeah, that was insight right, free. Pete, <laughs> yeah. What's your lock of the week? So I don't think any team in the country has lost more just like grueling gut punch games than Tulsa. Like uh, they were right in there against Texas. They obviously lost to South Florida the other night in cruel and unusual fashion. And they have been uh, America's bridesmaid this year. And how could I not want to pick a game against teams that have had such a decorated season, one in five Tulsa versus one in six Arkansas. Yet I'll find this on ESPN 7 because it's my lock of the week and I've been struggling in my locks of the week after a red hot start and be rooting for crazy like Phillip with one L Montgomery uh, and the boys uh, from Tulsa. So uh, I've Arkansas now on my Yahoo Sports app, which everyone listening should download. Arkansas is a seven point favorite. And quite frankly, Arkansas's defense is so terrible under John Chavis, they shouldn't be favored by seven over anyone, especially Tulsa, which has shown a penchant for playing things close. So I'm taking the Golden Hurricane to go into Fayetteville and cover that spread and somehow find an unusually cruel way to lose at the end. I think you are completely insane with that pick. But it's, it's your lock, it's your life, and my lock. locks have stunk. Says so. the guy who went 0-6 last week. I know. My locks have been bad. And, you know, everything was bad last week. Everything. I am still, of course, well ahead of you overall. But I uh, I, I just – I've seen Tulsa play some. Ooh, ooh, they're rough, man. Quarterback last week was 6 of 21. It's not very good. Uh, I And I, you know what? I think Arkansas is getting it a little bit together. They, they should have probably beaten Ole Miss and lost late there. But to each his own lock. My lock, I am taking Oklahoma – Coming off a defensive coordinator firing, coming off a bye week, coming off a loss, coming in angry to Fort Worth 
and smoking TCU. They are laying eight points. I think that's a two-touchdown or more game. I expect them to be better defensively just by making the change, and you know they'll tinker with some things. Just those sort of changes, at least short-term, usually have some immediate benefit. So I'm expecting them to be better defensively without uh, Mike Stoops. And TCU's struggling. Quarterback play hadn't been very good. Uh, not getting many explosive plays, even though they got a lot of fast guys really since that uh, Ohio State game. They, their offense has, has gone south. So that, that should help the Sooner defense that has struggled badly. So I am taking Oklahoma to cover the eight and get well against the Horned Frogs. Pat, are you going to sing Boomer Sooner if Oklahoma wins? <laughs> uh, Lindsay, I am not singing Boomer Sooner if Oklahoma wins. I am not singing that ever again. That was a viral sensation. That was a one-time deal on the podcast. I don't want to inflict that. When I route Pat in this week's picks, I will open up next week's picks podcast singing Boomer Sooner to taunt him <laughs> as his lock rusts away. <laughs> we'll see about that. Bring it on. Okay. We uh, clearly have a lot of trash-talking uh, battle lines set for next week. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Enjoy the games. Wager wisely. Wager responsibly. And we'll talk to you next week on Race for the Case. <laughs>